Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. We are officially done with my favorite month of the year. Very sad, but also kind of exciting. We're moving into a new month, December. Here we come, the last month of 2020. I'm sure a lot of people have very mixed feelings about that. I do as well. I'll get into them a little bit later. But before we get into that, let's get into what's new with me. Obviously, Thanksgiving was last week. You guys, I had a great time, even though it was just me and my parents, which was so different for me because my siblings are usually home. We usually have my aunt and uncle over. It's usually a big to-do, my favorite holiday. It was very low-key this year, but it was still so nice. It was just nice to be with my parents, eat such good food, obviously be done with all the hectic things that went on last week that I told you guys about in LA. I made it home. Everything was fine. Everything was good, but I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be settled in a little bit more, and yeah, Thanksgiving was great. So much good food. Do you guys feel like once you have a Thanksgiving dinner, you have it for like the next seven days? I'm not complaining. I love Thanksgiving food. It's my absolute favorite. But I've literally had a Thanksgiving dinner for about eight days now. It's kind of crazy. But I was talking to my sister about it and she's jealous that she can't have it. So I should be thankful that I can. Other than that, I went Black Friday shopping. Again, obviously very different this year. I usually am the kind of person that right after Thanksgiving dinner, I tell my siblings, my friends, let's go Black Friday shopping tonight. We gotta get the deals, even though they're usually not that good. But I think it's just the experience that I like going out shopping at night. It's something that you don't ever get to do. So I always love it. But again, we didn't do that. But I did manage to still find some good deals the next day and into the weekend. So I did find some good finds and I will share that with you guys in the what's good section. Nothing else really that new other than that. Me and my family did a little Zoom session with our family friends that we usually get together with around this time of year, which we didn't do because of safety precautions, but it was fun. It's always so hectic when we're together, but on Zoom, it's even more hectic. Everyone is always talking over each other. It's so hard, but it is really nice to reconnect nonetheless, get a sense of where everybody is in their life. Even though you would think that like nothing is changing right now because of the times that we're in, a lot of big things are happening in people's lives, and it's fun to stay up to date with that. You never know what's going on so get together with people even if it is on zoom ask about their lives all right but yeah that's really all that's new with me let's get into what's hot you guys right now i'm really obsessed with all of the documentaries about all the different musicians coming out right now we've had a lot come out within the past i would say like two three years but they just keep coming on all different platforms now everybody's in the game justin bieber did his series on youtube taylor swift did her documentary on netflix we had so many other ones on netflix i think the Katy perry one i don't think i saw that one but i'm gonna talk to you guys about two that i just watched over this past week now that I have more time to consume content. Honestly, this whole podcast today is going to be a lot about content because I was finally able to consume things that I've been wanting to watch for so long and now I had like a second to do so. So I had to hop on that. I consumed all that I could in the short amount of time that I had. Two documentaries. First one, the Shawn Mendes documentary In Wonder. It's on Netflix. I think what I love about these documentaries, my favorite thing about them, well, two main things. The first main thing is I love seeing their home life. I love seeing how they interact with their families. I know that we get so much from them, both in their personal life and on stage. We know who they are as personalities, but really seeing them with their family members, with their parents, with their siblings, you get way more of a sense of who they actually are. And I just think it's interesting how families react to fame because they didn't really sign up for it, right? I mean, it's their kids' aspirations or their siblings' aspirations, but to see how they react. And I mean, these people are just normal people, right? 
every single celebrity has a family, have loved ones, and to them, they're not famous. To them, they're their brother, they're their sister, they're their kid, they're their grandchild, you know? So I just love seeing how proud the families all are and how normal it all seems to them. Like, obviously, their lives aren't normal, but just the person themselves is so normal. And I love when they show the difference between this onstage persona and who they are just as a kid at home. I just think it's so interesting to watch. And they kind of show that in all the different documentaries, but they did a really good job of highlighting it in the Shawn Mendes documentary. I also just think about this when they are on stage, those scenes, how they don't get more emotional on stage. I was talking to my mom about this because I was watching it with her, and I don't understand how you could be looking out into a crowd with all of these wrapped up emotions thinking of, wow, my dream really came to fruition. Everything that I've worked so hard for, I've done so much to get here, and I still have so much more to go. I don't know how you would not just get emotional and break down. Maybe I'm just way more of an emotional person than them, but I don't know. They're artists. They're definitely emotional. I don't know how you wouldn't be, but maybe they are. Who knows? Maybe they just don't show it. But my mom did bring up a good point that, you know, all of these artists, they do have to be actors to protect themselves as well, right? Like they can't just be themselves on stage. They can't be as vulnerable as they would be if it was just themselves. They need to kind of put up that acting persona to help themselves not completely break down with all of the fame, all of the praise and also all of the hatred too you know with all of that love and admiration comes the other side too so I can't even imagine what they go through so many different emotions but it's interesting how all of these artists now that I've seen so many of these documentaries how they all deal with fame so completely differently and that kind of gets into my second point that I love so much to see within these documentaries I love to see how different their processes are with creating music you see all of these different artists and I mean if I'm taking Shawn Mendes and the next one that I'm going to talk about, Taylor Swift, Folklore, The Long Pond Studio Sessions on Disney+. Plus. If you're just taking those two documentaries right there, those two artists are pretty much in similar genres, right? It's like this kind of poppy genre. There are these huge stars and they have such different processes on how they make music, how they interact with their collaborators, all of that. And then thinking about the Justin Bieber docuseries on YouTube, he also has a completely different process, you know, and how he interacts and all of that. It's just so interesting to see a part of the process that you never really think about when you're just listening to the music or going to one of their concerts or anything like that. And I love that they're just bringing us kind of into this world more. So speaking of that, the Taylor Swift documentary, it wasn't actually really a documentary. It was really a studio session, which I actually really loved. I loved how one, I was able to hear all of those songs within the album and two, that she was able to break it down with the collaborators for each song and the meaning behind all of them. I think that's such a unique thing that we're getting to see in this documentary and in all the other documentaries where that inspiration comes from and hear firsthand from the artist without it being some ambiguous thing, some ambiguous song. I mean, I also love when songs are open to interpretation, you know, you think about your life within them, all of that. But I think it is really cool when you get to see an artist's memory or situation or fictional telling of a story come to life through a song. I mean, these are all artists, right? They're writers. And I think also what was so unique about this documentary is that it was filmed and this album was created in the time that we're currently living in. This music that's being made right now, these movies, these TV shows, all of the content that's being created is really a time capsule of the situation that we're in right now, of 2020 as a whole. All of this stuff is a part of our culture, right? All the content that's out there, that is our culture. That's going to go hand in hand with the time that we're in, everything that's happening. So to be able to see the process, to be able to hear how it was made, to be able to hear them talk about the time that we're in is honestly a little bit inspirational. There was a quote in the documentary, I don't remember who said it, but they said, what happens to the artist when they are living through the pandemic? 
they start to dream. And I think that's a little like all of us right now. Good or bad, we're dreaming of something different than what we're living through right now. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in our need to know basis section, but I just thought that those two documentaries were really interesting. They made me think. They inspired me. What else can you ask for? All right, let's get into what's good. Like I said, a lot of content this week, so I'm going to give you guys two more things that I watched. These two things are scripted. The first one is called The Undoing. It's on HBO. All I'm going to say about this is that you need to watch this show. It is so thrilling. I already told one of my friends about it and she was obsessed. She binged it in one day. It's crazy. There are so many twists and turns. There are so many things to uncover. There's murder. There's good acting. There are psychological disorders happening. There are different retellings of stories. There are lies. There's a drama. Everything that you would want in a suspenseful show that's going to keep you on the edge of your seat, but also not scare you so much. This is it. Definitely check it out, The Undoing on HBO. The next show that I want to talk to you guys about is The Queen's Gambit. I know that a lot of people have watched it. I know that a lot of people have still not watched it, so not going to give a lot away. I think a lot of people know this, but it highlights the game of chess. And I'm personally happy about that. I love chess. Me and my brother play all the time when we're together. I always want to play other people. Sometimes people hate the game. Sometimes they're like, no, this takes too long. And sometimes they're indifferent. But me personally, I love chess. I think it's such a fun game. It's smart. It's strategic. It's entertaining throughout the whole game. But I think that one of the really cool things that this show did is bring this game to life a game that no one was ever really thinking about especially if you don't play if you don't know how to play it made chess seem cool you guys and i'm down for that instead of explaining all that there is about this show i found a really cool article on insider that are things that you probably didn't know about the queen's gambit i'm going to go through some of them for you guys so whether you've watched the show or you're thinking about watching the show you can know some of these fun facts about the queen's gambit first off the series is based on walter tevis's 1983 book by the same name the queen's gambit Next fun fact, the show's creators consulted chess experts, including former world chess champion and grandmaster Gary Kasparov. One of the other things that I think is really interesting about this show, and specifically why I think that it was so successful, is because it feels like it's a true story. It feels like it was based on someone's real life, and while it's not technically really a true story or based on that, Another fun fact is that Beth's story is not based, but similar to that of a real-life American grandmaster, Bobby Fischer. Another interesting thing is the actors played all of the chess games on the Queen's Gambit. So they actually had to memorize all of those different games and they played them themselves, which I honestly think is so cool. I wonder if they all play chess now or if any of them played chess beforehand. Obviously, probably not as good as all their characters, but I wonder if they like it. Another good thing to note, even though the show was set mainly in the 1960s, women weren't allowed to compete in the World Chess Championship until 1980s. So obviously, not completely realistic. Also, if I have any Heath Ledger fans out there, this is a fun fact for you. Heath Ledger was working on adapting The Queen's Gambit from the page to the screen over a decade ago. This is something that my brother actually told me, then I read it on Insider, so had to mention that one. One of my personal favorite facts about the show, costume designer Gabrielle Binder deliberately chose Beth's wardrobe to convey certain things about her character. I love the costume design for the show, I think that it was very on point, 
very specific to the character, to the situations, to the game of chess in general. I thought it was super innovative. I love to see it. And for the last fact of this show, as of November 23rd, 2020, The Queen's Gambit is officially Netflix's most watched scripted limited series to date. So there you go, you guys. If you haven't watched it yet, watch it now. It's a super great show and everybody's watching it. So it'll give you a fun thing to talk about. Content is always great conversation. All right, let's get into some good products that I found for you guys while I was shopping. One of them is a phone pouch. Hear me out, okay? I know that if you're a girl, a lot of times you're putting your phone in your purse, whatever. If you're a guy, maybe you put your phone a lot of times in your pocket. But you guys, I found something better. It's a phone pouch. It's so your phone doesn't take up space in any of those other places. If you have keys, if you have a wallet, whatever, things that need to go in your purse or your pocket, your phone doesn't need to take up space anymore if you get a phone pouch. I got mine from Lululemon. It's super cute, sleek, stylish. It wasn't too expensive, which I know a lot of Lululemon stuff can be, but it's perfect. The one that I got is black, so it can go with anything. Honestly, anybody could use this, absolutely anybody, and I think that it would look great on everybody. So check it out phone pouch. The one I got again is from Lululemon. The next thing I have for you guys, obviously people know about this, but blue light glasses. I just got a new pair. I just have to say, you guys, blue light glasses are so important. I personally do not have glasses. I don't have a prescription. 2020 vision, maybe not. I actually haven't gotten to the eye doctor in a while. I don't really know. But either way, if you don't wear glasses specifically, you should be wearing blue light glasses because we are looking at screens so much, especially if you're working from home. If you're doing anything on your laptop for multiple hours on end, you should be wearing blue light glasses. Your eyes are getting damaged by those screens you need to protect your eyes and also they're so cute they come in so many different styles the frames are adorable and it's honestly just a nice accessory that's actually useful so pick up some blue light glasses the two pairs that i have now are both from the brand huxley they're such a good brand you guys great customer service i love them i'm not sure if they only have huxley in my state but if that is the case and you guys live somewhere else then go to huxleyeyewear.com and they can ship to you they have amazing styles All right, and then the last good thing that I have is a song, Are You With Me by Lost Frequencies. I have loved this song forever. I still love it now. It has withstanded the test of time, so check it out. All right, let's get into Need to Know Basis. And like I said to you guys, both these documentaries and the fact that it's the last month of 2020 had me in my feelings, had me in my thoughts, and really had me thinking about what I wanted to talk to you guys about this week and what I wanted to talk to myself about too. Like, what advice do I need right now? And this is what I came up with. Being that we are in the time that we're in right now, the last month of 2020, while this year has gone to shit, it's still not too late to dream. And why I say that is because, again, I was inspired by these documentaries, I was inspired by these people living their dreams and everything like that, and it really made me think about a lot of conversations that I've been having with people that they feel like they're stuck right now, they feel like they don't know what they're doing, they don't know what the next step is for them because of how uncertain the times are, they don't know how to enter into this new year, they don't know how this year is going to end, they don't know what to look forward to into the future, and I think that one of the things that we really need to think about is that it's not too late to dare to dream. It's not too late to have these big goals and aspirations for ourselves moving forward. And we don't even have to wait until the new year to do so. I think that right now gives us the perspective to think, okay, this is the last of it. This is the last of this incredibly crazy, weird, wild, uncontrollable year. Let's live it out and start our dreaming now, okay? And I know that a lot of your dreaming may have been put on pause Some of mine has been too, to be completely honest. I think that I used to be this like huge dreamer and sky was the limit and there was just nothing that could stop me. And then life happened and then actual tangible things did stop me. 
things that I felt like were out of my control. I just kept making excuses in the sense that the world is crazy right now. There's nothing that I can do about it. But there are things that we can control. And we've talked about this in other podcast episodes. But I think what we need to do first and foremost is dream again. Have those aspirations. Have those limitless possibilities in your mind. Because yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen to the end of the year. We don't know if there's going to be a vaccine. We don't know if it's going to be widely distributed. We have no idea. But what we do know is that we don't have to stop dreaming just because of circumstance. Okay, we don't have to just let that all go because if you just stop dreaming, if you're just comfortable in the place that you're at right now, what's to say that when the world does open up, when everything does go back to quote unquote normal, you're going to be able to do it anymore. You're going to be able to have those aspirational things. My biggest fear for you guys and for me is that we get in a place where we stop dreaming, we stop aspiring for anything more, and that comfort that we get into becomes our new normal becomes how we live the rest of our lives. And I don't know about you, but I don't want that. So maybe my dreams can't come to fruition right now, right this second, but that doesn't mean I should stop dreaming. That doesn't mean I shouldn't keep reaching for the stars in all different capacities. We have to keep dreaming, you guys. We have to keep pushing for the next thing. And even if there aren't tangible steps to take forward, write things down, okay? Write your dreams down. Or speak them into the world. Manifestation is real. If you don't believe me, watch the Shawn Mendes documentary. He manifested stuff and things happened. But all jokes aside, I really do believe that if you are telling yourself constantly over and over again, this thing is going to happen. In my opinion, it's going to happen. It one day is going to happen because if you have the will to continue to remind yourself that you want it, to continue to remind yourself to work for it, you're way more likely to succeed than if you just forget about your dreams, you forget about all the aspirations, and you become comfortable. I know that this may not seem like concrete advice for you guys. This is a step-by-step process on how to achieve your dreams. But what I'm saying is not about the step of achieving your dreams. It's about the very first step. It's about your mindset. Because I think that right now where we are in the world is the most important to shift. I know that a lot of people have had a lot of difficulties mentally this past year. Apart from all of the sadness and destruction that has taken place this year, I know that a lot of our minds have not been in the best place. So if this first step can help you, then let it. Dare to dream. Let's live out this last month. Let's not just wait for it to end to start the new year. Let's start it now. All right, guys, that's it for this week. I hope that advice helped a little bit. I hope that you guys found some new content to consume, some new products. We are continuing into the holiday season. Make sure you tell your loved ones how much that you love them, even if you're not close to them. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Remember that. Twist it positively, you guys. All right, have a great week. Smile through the mask. Compliment a stranger. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. (laughs) 